Hey there, friend. You know, weight loss can be a pretty tricky subject, especially if you've already lost some weight and you're working on those last 10 to 15 pounds. It's definitely a different experience than when you're trying to lose the first 10 to 15 pounds. Lots of people have a whole lot of opinions, and it can feel pretty lonely to be working on those last few pounds by yourself. That's why I'm bringing back a beloved free training called Losing the Last 10 to 15 Pounds. We are going to talk about what losing those last pounds is, and more importantly, what it's not about. We'll bust through the myths, and we'll talk about what's really needed to lose those last 10 to 15 pounds. And finally, I'll share with you how to lose the last 10 to 15 pounds in a way that is loving and safe and healthy, and most importantly, a positive experience for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Tuesday, May 21st, 2024, once at 11 a.m. Central and the other at 7.30 p.m. Central. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a great time together. But if you can't make either of those times on that day, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We are offering several watch parties through the rest of the week and even on the following Saturday. So come and watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will definitely be worth your time. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash lose the last. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash L-O-S-E-T-H-E-L-A-S-T. Now, please enjoy the show. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 147. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you here. I have got another amazing, amazing conversation for you today with my client, Neethi Patel. She is the best. They're all the best. (laughs) I'm just going to refer to them all as the best, just so you know. She came on and just told her whole story. You are not going to want to miss this. She is so relatable. She's just like all of us. Like everything she was saying, I was like, yes, yes, yes. That was me too. That was me too. So I know that this is going to be something that is really going to be meaningful and impactful for you, my listener, which is why I had her come on. She, as you know, I asked some of my clients, the clients who've been with me for a while to kind of pitch me, like, why should they come on the podcast? And why would you, my listener, want to listen? And she had such a good description of what she wanted to share with you. So she was someone who was more naturally thin growing up and then developed more eating problems during her training, like so many of us. And I know that you're going to really be able to relate to her whole story. So you are not going to want to miss it. And with that, let's get it on talking with Neethi. She is so great. I can't wait for you to hear this. Have a great one. I'll talk to you next week. Hey, Neethi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me, Katrina. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for volunteering. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everyone's gonna be really excited to hear about your story. I'm excited to hear more about it. Let's just start off with you telling us a little bit more about yourself, just, you know, your work, your life, your personal stuff, all that. 
Awesome. So I am a pediatrician in the Detroit, Michigan area, and I have a husband and two lovely kids, 10 and 12. And I work with my dad, which is kind of a unique thing. (laughs) Yeah. So my dad's a pediatrician and I joined his practice about 12 years ago now. So But, you know, in general, I would say that I would consider myself one of those people who thought that they had everything other than the weight, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was not overweight my whole life. I actually really didn't struggle with my weight for real until I was a resident. And during residency, just really, you know, at the time that I was resident, I was single. I did not have children. I come from a culture where being married is like a huge part of your identity. And I wasn't, and I was having trouble finding somebody. And I think like at that time, I just really turned to food being up late in the middle of the night and, you know, not and living alone and didn't have a lot of things that brought me joy. Food became the joy, free food in the cafeteria, you know, free ice cream, all that stuff. It became the highlight of my day and it just really cemented it and it just stayed. So when I did feel like I got all the other things that I was dreaming of, you know, my dream job, my dream husband, my children, two children, you know, everything seemed so wonderful, but weight was my, you know, my Achilles heel and I couldn't figure it out. And I tried lots of things. I even did lose the weight a few years ago and then I got hit by a car. And yeah, so like, you know, this just made my story that I was telling myself that like, nope, I'm not meant to lose this weight. This is who I'm supposed to be. This is, you know, this is my one flaw in life. If I solve this problem, you know, everything's going to blow up. (laughs) And Oh, right. Right. Like if you solve this problem, what will be, what else will become a problem? Oh, that's an interesting, interesting. Yeah. Like this has to be the thing. If I'm going to choose a struggle for my life, this is the struggle I want and I can handle this, you know? But so I, you know, started trying to work with like self-love and accepting myself as I was. And, you know, I was exercising, I was eating healthy. Like it wasn't like I was this person who wasn't taking care of myself. I just Mm -hmm. was struggling to get the weight off. How much excess weight do you think you had on? I was 200 pounds and I'm 5'3". So I was obese. Okay. I was obese for my frame. And I always told myself the story of like, oh, I'm so blessed because I carry the weight so well. No one would know that I'm 200 pounds. And this is like the story I told myself. I even convinced myself that because I took good, such good care of myself, I ate vegetables, I, you know, I exercised five days a week, that even though my BMI was high, that I wasn't going to be one of those people who was at risk. Even though I had type 2 or I had gestational diabetes with my pregnancies mm. um, and had a 10 pound, 12 ounce child due to Oh, my wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was in a little bit of denial. And about a year and a half ago or so, and I had been, you know, kind of like, had listened to your podcast and I remember there's this one episode where you say like, you know, you can just be like, you can just love yourself. And that's just not the work that I'm talking about, but you could totally do that. Just love yourself as you are. And I remember listening to that episode and being like, you know, that's where I am right now. I'm not ready to make the commitment. Mm-hmm. So I just listened and consumed, but didn't really, you know, feel ready to do the work. Mm-hmm. And then in July of 2018, I went to my doctor's appointment and I, my hemoglobin A1C was like 0.1 below and my sugar was high. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it hit this moment of like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I know better than this. And after two weeks of being 
ashamed and feeling like I should know better. And what kind of doctor am I that I can't set a good example? Mm. And after beating myself for a long time, I said, okay, it's time to do something about this. And so I started listening to your podcast religiously with the intention of making the changes. I read the obesity code and I implemented a lot of the food changes and the dietary changes that you suggested in the podcast and had great luck. Within six weeks, I had lost 15 pounds. I felt fat adapted at that time. I had not eliminated flour and sugar, but I had done like the intermittent fasting and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And I felt like this was great. And it was around that time that you had like a September group enrolling. And I was, I hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed and just was like, you know, talked to my husband and he was like, you've got this, you're doing so well you don't need to join the program for real. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this on my own. And and I did have success, but it just at the back of my head, I just kept thinking, it can't be as simple as what this podcast is. There's got to be more in it for me. And of course, I wasn't doing any of the thought work. I was not yeah. doing any of those kinds of things. It was mostly all about the weight and the numbers yeah. for me. Like food focused, right? Yeah, it was all yeah. food focused and like, you know, just... And, you know, even though those things were going really well, there was so much other like things I didn't even know were a problem for me that I hadn't identified yet. So, you know, I just kind of went into it like, I want to do this for myself. I didn't really necessarily have a plan or a goal other than I wanted to continue to lose the weight and get to a normal BMI. And so I, you know, decided I was going to do this for myself. And so I, you know, made it happen monetarily. And I was like, this is the gift to myself. I think the best thing that I can do for myself, if it doesn't work out, I'll know I try. Like if if it doesn't change anything. Even after your husband said, no, I don't think you need to do it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Are you still? Well, it took me, I decided I had missed the deadline. So I I was going to do it the next time that it came around. And the next time was January. So I did still think about it a lot for three months. (laughs) But I just kind of like in around Thanksgiving, I decided, nope, I'm doing this for myself. Because, you know, at that point, you know, we had gone on vacations and I could see it not being permanent. And I was like, I will be so upset if I gained back the weight and didn't do it. And I was like, you know what? It's great that things are going well, but I should make this happen. So I decided to do that. And I joined in January. And at the point that I was at in January, I had lost about 20 pounds already. Mm -hmm. And just didn't really think that I would lose a lot more weight. Because I just, I don't know, it didn't seem possible. I had been... No, isn't it funny when you just think you're like, that's really like, that's for other people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's something my body can do. Total special snowflake syndrome. Like I was like, no, my body type, I'm, you know, I'm curvy woman. I'm, my body's probably not going to change, but at least I know I tried. If I try this and it doesn't work, I know I've tried everything. That's kind of my Yeah. Yeah. And then I just, I eliminated the flour and sugar and that obviously helped a ton. Yeah. But the... The other thing, like, so since then, since January, I've lost 40 more pounds. Wow. And I'm still trying to, you know, get to the normal BMI. And so I'm still working on that. But really this last 10 months, my journey has been just about like all of the other things, the mind drama that I had before and just like taking responsibility for my life. That's like really been the best feeling. Just how many things I felt like were happening to me. Mm-hmm. And how many situations I was feeling at the mercy of my crazy schedule, right? Like my schedule's too crazy. You know, I have, you know, family and I have in-laws and I have this and that. And our culture's just all about like, you know, not having routines and like just the stories that I told myself. And just even now when I tell myself a story, 
being able to recognize that, okay, you're telling yourself the story. You can indulge in this for a little bit. Yeah. And then you can just kind <laughs> of like, you know, then when you're ready, you know, yeah. you can start to be responsible and become solutions focused and fix the problem. And yeah. And how many of things that I've been able to apply that to in my life has just been completely life-changing. Wow. So what did your husband think when you decided to sign up, even though he had been like, you're totally fine. Was he okay with it? He was. I mean, I told him I was going to do this and he was like, okay. You know, he was supportive. I mean, yeah. he, he definitely was supportive. I just think, I think he was probably thinking that the urge would go away <laughs> and that I would not want to do it. But, you know, I think he was like, I'm going to do everything with you so we can get a two for one deal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's exactly what I told my husband when I signed up for my weight loss thing. I'm like, listen, I'll tell you all this stuff. And then you yeah. get the yep. So he was like, I'm going to do everything with you. And he lasted about mm, a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> he's not overweight. So like, you know, he yeah. really doesn't have the same issues, but, and yeah. he does it sometimes, but you know, I, there's lots of problems I can solve for him if he'd let me, but right. Right. I'm not making him my job. <laughs> Your work is to remember that he gets to live his own life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do whatever so. he wants to do. That's so exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he was supportive and really, I think once I, I mean, within two weeks of me even joining the program, I think he'll still say this is the best investment I've ever made in myself. Even when I decided to join masters, he was like, absolutely on board. So yeah, I find that that's the case so often is like the husbands at first are like, I don't really know. And then Mm -hmm. once they see the changes, they're like, yes, do it all. Do everything you can do. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's so great. And not the body changes, right? It's correct. Oh yeah. Just because you're so much happier. You're not freaking out about stuff, like all the things Mm -hmm. that just make it challenging. I know. It's so interesting because like a few, you know, we were just talking about this before I even came on the call and I was asking him like, what were the changes? And like, just the biggest thing that I felt like he, I didn't even know he noticed is just like, I was so mad at myself for not being able to lose the weight, even though I was sitting there and telling myself, no, I'm learning to love myself. I had this inner angst and self-loathing and anger Yeah. And it caused me to be so irritable, like just about everything. And, you know, just being able to feel like I'm really learning to love myself, but also really feel like I have, I have, I can, I believe I can lose the weight now. And I, I believe that I can do it. And I feel like I've unlocked this secret key that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's made me so much less angry, which has then made a lot of the things that I would get mad at my husband and kids about so much less, like not that I don't get mad at them still. And I still have, it's it's like, it's like subdued, you know, to like, I think he described it as like, you were a 10 before and now, you know, at your highest, you get to like a five or a six, you know, and just like, just so much more even keeled, which I feel like is more of how I really am as a person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that has been, you know, and a lot of that has been like, not just through the mind work, but just through letting go of like the anger of like, even if I don't lose one more pound from today, or even if I do gain back the weight, like understanding that that doesn't mean I'm a failure in life, you know? Yeah. And, and that has been a huge thing for me to have worked on is just like, defining myself as something I achieve or then lose, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like stopping using the number on the scale as like the mm-hmm. barometer for like yes. how good of a person you are or how right. 
you know, good of an adult you're being, you know? And then, and then like you were saying too, like, you know, there's the added element of being a physician. Like, Mm -hmm. are you now not a good doctor because you're struggling? And you know, it's, it's an inner personal struggle that everybody can see on the outside. Like everybody can tell by what you look like when you're going up and down. So there's that added kind of Mm -hmm. experience because they're not only concerned about what they're thinking about themselves because it's so awful. They're assuming everyone else is thinking. Yeah. I would notice that like the more I would judge myself for being overweight, the more I just felt like every person around me was judging me, like friends and family that I really close to, I would just feel like not connected to because I would be like, they're thinking I'm such a lazy person yeah. because I'm overweight or... Well, it's like you're you know, rejecting yourself. So you're thinking that they're mm-hmm. rejecting you too. Right? Exactly. You create this scenario in your brain. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And they're like, what's, what are you talking about? Yeah. They probably never even thought that. Like right. I, I would like eat dessert in front of them and be like, you know, that was like a core part of my identity. I just made it that way. I would like make a joke of it. Like, no, I can't live without dessert. You know me, I have yeah. to have my dessert. And I would just make like jokes about it to like soften the judgment that I felt yes. was coming from them. But really mm-hmm. it was probably just me judging myself and still right. probably is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think that that's so interesting. What I love is how patient you're being with yourself on your weight loss. And I mean, first of all, when you, I mean, you are someone who's predisposed to being insulin resistant right. uh, you know, for a lot, a lot yes. of, you know, different reasons. Yeah. So it's going to be slower for you. And yes. what I love is I don't sense any rush from you at all, right? Like so I mean, many of us are really so like, sure. we need to lose it right now because yes. once I am at that point, then I can feel good. But as you know, that's not what's going to yes. make you feel good. So if that's, yeah, you just keep chipping away at it, chipping away yeah. at it, chipping away at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, there's definitely been some moments where I've been like, oh my God, come on, this is, you know, this should be going faster. But I think, you know, especially at the point that I'm at now. So within the last two months, my hemoglobin A1C has normalized and I was able to be off of my medication. And I had a little bit of drama over whether or not I should stop the medication because maybe that's the reason I'm losing the weight. And maybe it really isn't me at all. right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I decided to go off the medication and, you know, I was a little nervous after that. But I think since then, I was just like, okay, now that my health is no longer concerned, I've really had to like recommit with like, well, why do I want to keep doing this? And what are my reasons? And, you know, I don't know that I necessarily have a reason other than that I'm really working on like, I can do this and that this is a metaphor for like other things in life that are hard and I can do hard things and, you know, that kind of thing. And less about like how I look and... I'm trying to simultaneously do the learning to love myself as I am so that even if I don't lose another pound, I still feel like I'm worthy of love. And also just like that I can do this. And, you know, if I decide once I get to my goal that I don't want to be that way, then I can, you know, not that I can change it and that that's okay. Yes. So that's been a lot of my more recent that's been pretty much my master's journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that that is, it's such a powerful thing to talk about and to think about because when you truly love and accept yourself as you are right now, then you start going, well, do I really want to be the person? Like, is it a loving thing for me to do to eat more food than my body needs? 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like if Absolutely. I really respect myself, why would I put a bunch of food, extra food in my body that I clearly don't need and often makes me feel bad and is clearly yeah. not good for my health, right? So yeah. it's like you start to think about it in that way. And it's from that love and acceptance of where you are right now that you're able to actually lose the weight. It's like when you're yeah. in that hurry, that is totally true. Yourself, right. Then you start getting into the weird diet mentality things and start doing all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy things that you would have no intention of continuing doing the rest of your life at all because it's right. like this just a means to an end, except like you were saying, is my exact experience too. Like I could lose the weight, but then I couldn't keep it off because yeah. I wasn't going to do those things long-term. Exactly. And then you're just totally in the spiral thinking that it's all about the food and the weight and it just isn't at all. Right. Yeah. So for me, it, like the amount of stress eating that I was doing before and the amount of like treating myself with food, like I can remember being like, I have to work late on Thursdays and just feeling like, okay, I have to be here till seven and just being like, like as if I would die because I'm working two more hours than usual. So I have to like pack on the food. I have to pack like 10 snacks and I have to pack dinner and well, I'm going to get home so late. And so I should, you know, have candy and coffee. And this is the only way I'm going to get through this day. And it's like like so much scarcity. And then also believing like I need extra food, like to reward myself and to energize myself. Yes. I deserve it. I'm the person staying late when everyone else is leaving. And just like the stories that I told myself and just how life-changing it has been to like, even though Thursdays are sometimes still hard, just dissociating it from like the hunger. Like it felt like true hunger. Like mm-hmm. I thought I would get hypoglycemic. I would feel shaky and just being able to like manage that and being in control yeah. of like, oh, I'm a little hungry. So I should probably eat soon, but I can wait and decide, yeah. you know, that so I can eat a good time. To do time. Yeah. yeah. It's just been, that has been very, like, I just feel like physicians need to know that that can actually be a thing. Right. I know. Cause it's so freeing, right? Because even when yes. you are like, you know what, after that patient, I probably will be able to eat something, but then whatever mm-hmm. happens and that thing blows up and then now you've, you know, you're three behind or whatever. Like, it's so great to not be like, Oh my God. Like I remember one time literally being on the verge of tears because yeah. I w- had like five minutes for lunch. And then of course I was so dramatic about it. I was like, it's just not even enough time for that. I'll just work through it. Why did I think? I mean, I was like so yes. you know? And it was, it Absolutely. was so, yeah, it was so yeah. childish, the whole thing now in hindsight. Like, but it is so great when your body cooperates too. And you're like, yes. yeah, okay, I'm a little hungry. It's not a big deal. I'm going to have some water. I'm going to keep working. If some time opens up a little space, I'll eat yes. or I'll not. It's not a big deal either way. Like, it's so nice to yeah. have a mindset, but then have your body also not be like rebelling against you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just <laughs> never, you know, I just remember not believing you when you said that that was going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Like I just didn't believe I, that was that special snowflake thing. Like that's not going to happen for me, but, right. but it totally has. And, and even like the having dinner, putting my kids to bed, the craziness of that. And then like, I remember the feeling of like when they were asleep, even when I was like laying with my daughter thinking like, Ooh, it's time for my treat. And what am I going to have today? And like, right. just the excitement of like what I was going to treat myself with, like, Oh, you deserve this. You've had a really long day. And, and then really believing that like, it was like, I was truly hungry and I needed to have the ice cream or cereal. For some reason, cereal was my thing. I know. Cereal, right? Yeah. (laughs) I used to love cereal. I haven't eaten cereal in years now. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I just don't even think about it. What I love is when there was that food that like your brain thought was so important and you mm-hmm. thought about it all the time and you ate all the time. And then you just like, don't even remember it exists anymore. After yeah. You're like, remember how important that was to me? Like, yes, I literally, it's not like I have to force myself to not think about it. Like, no, I just don't think about it. It's just not even important at all. Right. It's like the onion. <laughs> yeah, right. it's the onion. It's just sitting there. It's like mm, that's how it is. right. Exactly. It's like shredded wheat. No one said. Well, most people are not like, "Ooh, I can't wait to eat the shredded." Yes, cereal. exactly. <laughs> You're like, nah. I mean, if it has to come to that, I guess I can. Yes, eat it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And just like the freedom that, like, the food in the office, mm, like yes. the drug wraps, the yes. you know, the donuts, the candy. Yeah. Christmas time is coming. You know, like yeah. just the amount of gifts and things and like how it doesn't even, I used to be like, Oh, and then like, Nope, you don't want that today. Now I don't even notice it. So just how freeing that is for me just to like, you know, it's not that I never have anything that's sugary or dessertish, but that it's becoming, you know, okay. It's becoming joyful. It's becoming devoid of the guilt that would. Yeah. Like you can actually just enjoy it and let it be a pleasurable eating experience and then leaving it at that and not having it turn into something else. Exactly. That, the beating up over it and and the amount of negativity that I never even realized was associated with it before. So yes, right, right, right. That has been very, very freeing. Yeah. Do you have, you noticed since you, cause you've lost 60 pounds, right? So have you noticed anybody in your life, like family or friends or anybody kind of have any of your relationships changed where they're kind of like not liking that you've lost the weight? It's a big fear for a lot of people. It is. I mean, I think that interestingly enough, you know, some of the people that I felt like were inadvertently judging me from a place of love were my parents. And I think they just really were worried about my struggle and they didn't want me to have to deal with like the diabetes. I know it was all out of a place of love, but it was interesting to me to the point where like, there was a point where I had lost some weight and, you know, they felt like, okay, this is enough now. <laughs> right. Now. Yeah. You don't need to lose anymore. Right. They so desperately want you to right. lose it that you lose yeah. it some and exactly. they're like, stop now. <laughs> exactly. So that was interesting. You know, there were a couple of people like just generally who were like, well, you've lost, you don't need to lose any more weight now. And, and so I think, I don't think anybody was ever like, oh, you're not going to thin or anything like that, but it was more just like, you know, being overweight and liking food and liking dessert was such a core part of how I identified myself. And partly I did it on purpose, but I think I've, you know, perceived maybe some people thinking, oh, well, you know, that's not you anymore. And I don't think they judge me for it, but I can feel a little bit of like changing. And once again, this is probably me just like worrying, but you know, like, oh, well, when she stops doing this and she goes back to being right. who she was, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. that's been something I've had to kind of mentally grapple yeah. with. But my patients, I think most people are proud of me though. I would say most people are just proud of me and they've told me they're inspired by me. So right. that's what I'm kind of hoping to do from this is just continue. Like, that's why I wanted to tell my story too. It's yeah. just like inspire people to say, like, if you're one of those people that says you can't do this or that you don't, deserve to give yourself this gift or that it's impossible for you to achieve these goals that I was one of those people too, and I'm achieving them. And it's been completely mind blowing for me. 
Yeah. So. I, I, well, I, you know, I was going to even ask you, like, what would you tell someone who's listening? And you're just, yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Cause I think it is so easy to start thinking like, it's just like I was talking about on the special snowflake podcast is like, like, Oh, you know, Katrina could do it, but I'm extra special broken mm-hmm. or I have it extra hard. Or like you were even saying like your identity is someone who loved dessert and that kind of thing. I mean, my identity was so wrapped up in food. I mean, it, it's, it does change like your relationships with other people when mm-hmm. everything was related to what new restaurant you're going to try and like yeah. food you're going to have. And when you're just, I mean, you can still go to the restaurant, but it's just not the main thing anymore. It's just right. a little different for them yeah. and they have to adjust and, and that kind of thing. It's really kind of getting to know yourself as a different person. Like if you're not the person who loves dessert and identifies as being overweight, then like, who are you? Yeah. Having to figure that out. And I think that's one reason why it can feel really scary for a lot of people. Yes. It's just for sure. like, wait, this is all I really know. I kind of would rather cling to this identity that creates pain for me than go out into the unknown and try to figure out, you know, yeah, absolutely. Who, who else I could be and who I want to be. I think what's been interesting for me is that I was not overweight when I was young. I still struggled with my weight, like mentally and, you know, thought about it and worried about my body and things like that. But I didn't feel like food was a source of comfort from when I was younger. And so I feel like I've been able to sort of connect with that. Like when you were younger, you did, you know, like to listen to music as a source of comfort or you did sit and wallow in your emotions sometimes and that was okay. And, you know, you did, you know, enjoy playing tennis and playing the piano and all these things that I've been kind of connecting with. So, you know, you talk a lot about connecting to your future self. I have found that connecting to my childhood in a way, or, you know, like things that I have found comfort in in the past before I struggled with my weight to this degree has been super helpful, which is kind of weird, but I have found I think that's great. I mean, especially for someone who really didn't have an overeating issue. That's like totally mm-hmm. great to do that. You know, like I was like obsessing about eating dessert, you know, from as early as I can remember. So mm-hmm. it's not generally yeah. useful for me, but for right. someone who has that, it's it's great to remember like what created pleasure for me in my life before it was mm-hmm. food. And it's yeah. a classic example, what you were saying, the classic story of, I had all of these things. Then I went into my training. I didn't have time anymore. You know, I was exhausted I was living by myself, you know, just all the things that kind of like, you know, when you're in college and you, you're living with your friends and you're all going out and doing things, it's just different than mm-hmm. when you're living by yourself and slogging away <laughs> and doing yeah. all this hard work. And like you said, then to try to make you feel, you know, at least a little bit appreciated, the hospital's giving away free stuff, yes. food, things that totally don't serve you at all. And it just becomes this like kind of new version of yourself unintentionally. Yeah. Like you don't go in yeah. going like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, stop doing all the things that I love and right. eat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it just happens. And then you have to kind of sort of tease that apart. Like, oh, right. but not beating yourself up over it, right? Not like, oh, right. I'm this awful person that I let this happen. Instead, just being like, of course, this would happen. I mean, it's what happens to a lot of people. Right. Okay, great. How do we want to redo this? And you know, your kids are also at an age now where you can do some of those things with them, which is yes, fun yeah. And and it's also the interesting, like the whole losing weight with kids, <laughs> like just like the whole idea of 
like, I don't think they made one mention of it until yeah. a lot of people started mentioning it. And now, you know, my, my daughter's my biggest fan. She'll be like, my, my mom is so amazing. She's lost 50 pounds. And, you know, just like <laughs> to see yourself. And I mean, I don't think she looks at it as like, you needed to lose weight. Yeah. I remember the, one of the times in the car, I was listening to the podcast early on and she's like, and she came into the car as I was picking her up from dance. And she was like, are you listening to a weight loss thing? And she's like, but you don't need to lose any weight. And just like the pure love that yeah. you saw me from. And and that was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I really don't see myself that way. But right. I should. I mean, it's, Even it's so if, great to see like the way she sees you is yeah. available to you for you mm-hmm. to see yourself that way. Exactly. Right? Like that true unconditional love. Yeah, that was a moment right. for me where I was like, that was the moment that I also realized like, the biggest struggle I've had is learning to love myself through this journey. Mm-hmm. I am a person who is very much like, you know, goal focused, right? Like, so, you know, kind of like tough love, right? Like, okay, yeah. great. You achieved that. Now let's go to what's next, yeah. you know? And so every time in the very beginning of this journey, when I would lose some weight, I was so focused. I'm like, okay, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't don't celebrate. Don't celebrate. Right. It's like, celebrate it's like you finally achieve it and then you can't even let yeah. yourself enjoy it at all. I completely identify with that too. Yeah. Where it's just yeah. like, yeah, well, that was great. But what now? Now you exactly. really got to do something like, good, you know? Yeah. Like, and I would notice that with the numbers on the scale, right? The number on the scale would get to this number and I'd be like, all happy for like a day. Yeah. And then the next day I'd be like, why is the number still here? Why is it right? When like two weeks ago, you would have been elated to see that, right? Exactly. And that was that moment for me. I was like, oh, the number on the scale is neutral. Right. Like, totally. That was that moment for me. And so since then, I've just really, really learned that like, I have to stop and celebrate like what I have achieved. And that's been kind of what this is a part is that like, the weight is awesome. And the change in my health is awesome. But just like the amount of the amount of less mind drama that I, and how freeing that is. Even the like finishing my charts at work, like Mm -hmm. just like, you know, the B minus work chart and just like getting it done (laughs) or deciding that this is something you need to get done and figuring out a way to get it done and making it happen. And just how much more efficient I feel. And like free is the word that keeps coming to mind. Just like so free of, you know, life is happening and I'm making it happen too, you know? Yeah. yeah. But what I find so interesting too, is like when we allow ourselves to do the B minus work and we just get it all done, we feel so great, right? We feel free. And when we are like slogging away and making it this super painful experience for ourselves, and it has to be so perfect when we're done, it's been such an exhausting experience that we Mm -hmm. don't feel that same freedom, right? Right. In fact, we're like, that was the worst thing. That was so awful. (laughs) I don't want to come back tomorrow. (laughs) You know, like, all right, I guess. Okay. But like, we've been judging ourselves so harshly throughout the whole thing that even when we're done, we can't even really celebrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the when it's done and it took a lot less drama and it was just so much quicker, you're like, Oh, things can be that way. That's amazing. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and available to me. What? <laughs> yeah. So, so great. That has definitely been, you know, probably my favorite part of the journey is just to yeah. like realize how, yes, my body's different. Yes. I feel different and I'm getting used to becoming who I am, but just, that part of me, I really feel like even if I do gain back the weight, 
I don't feel like that part of me is going to change, like the mind part, you know, like. And the thing is that like what your daughter was saying is like, you don't need to lose weight. And it's like, you didn't, but you wanted to because the weight was a reflection of how poorly you were managing your brain, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, whatever your body ends up looking like, Mm -hmm. you're managing your brain, then great. But when you really recognize that the weight is just a reflection of what's going on in your brain, if you are committed to managing your brain, then you won't gain the weight back. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's what you don't have to worry. You're like, I'm not going to yeah. go and eat all the ice cream and gain 50 pounds back and right. you know, be back on medication and the whole thing because I love right. myself too much to do that to myself kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's kind of been the part that I'm at now is just like, okay, letting go, you know, just like really, I mean, doing the mind work part because yeah. in the beginning I was so goal focused and just kind of like, going through that get, part like, of it. Check it off, get the weight off. Yeah. Honestly, like even for someone like you, sometimes what can be a really, really useful thing to do for a while is to take a break from losing weight mm-hmm. and really work on just being a hundred percent super okay with where you are right now. Like just yeah. loving it, just being completely content with it and then deciding, well, do I want to lose a little more weight? Okay. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And this is why. You I know what's so it. interesting? I did that. And then guess what? I lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying. <laughs> so that was like, it was one of those moments where like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I'm like, okay, I'm completely comfortable with, I had a goal of a weight that I wanted to be at by my birthday mm-hmm. and my birthday's in a month. And I hit that goal before my birthday. And, and that was, I wasn't expecting that. And so what I realized is like trusting the process of like, all of this other stuff is so important that I resisted. I mean, I really did resist a lot of the mind work. I would consider myself, you know, somebody who's very self-aware and I feel like I have thought download conversations in my head all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I've always been really aware of my feelings and I just didn't think I was one of those people who needed to write it down and needed to put it through the model exactly. And I started doing that, I would say, more since Masters and since the live event. And it's been completely different. And that's where a lot of my focus has been. I resisted planning, planning ahead. That's Mm -hmm. still my struggle. Because I feel like, for me, a big part of the journey was having my back no matter what was thrown at me. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of the time, I just like made it happen. I woke up in the morning and I said, I'm sticking to my plan today. I'm not going off plan and I would make it happen. And for me, I think that was a huge part of the journey that has been really freeing for me. But now this next one is for me to plan ahead the night before or the day before and stick to that. Yeah. And so it's a Even if that ends up being something that isn't something you need to do long-term, just going through the process of doing it because you said you would. Yeah. And seeing what the value is. And then from that place, deciding whether it's something that you want to do or not is great versus just, I totally know what you mean, where you're just like, I don't yeah. think I need to do that part. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't think it's necessary me. for me. <laughs> and what's interesting is I don't feel like I need to do it for the food, but I do need to do it for like the, like for me, the task to do list, like, Oh, tomorrow I'm going to get like 75 things done because I have the day off. And then like the feeling of failure that I sometimes feel when I didn't get that done at the end of the day. So that's been why I've been doing that is like, Mm -hmm. Nope, I'm going to plan my food. I'm going to plan a realistic list of things to do. And just working on a being okay when I don't 
necessarily do that yeah. <laughs> and like not right. beating yourself up over it. So right. it's more like a, you know, it's a balance between the relationship with yourself that's so strong that you know that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. But then also knowing that things will happen where you're not mm-hmm. able to get it done. And then how do you respond to that? Exactly. So yeah. that's exactly, that's where my current work is, is yeah. just trying to like learn how to make a realistic list of things to do so that I can be accountable to myself and be somebody I trust when I say I'm going to do something it's as good as done. But also recognize that like, I'm not, it's okay if I'm not perfect at it yet. I can figure it out and I can work. Also recognizing that like what your tendency is going to be is to overbook yourself, give yourself Mm -hmm. this, you know, massive long list. Right. You might not be able to get to all that stuff and that's totally okay. But like, these are the most important ones. And for sure, these are going to get done. Right. That's the part where you practice like, okay, like I said, I would do these things. These five are going to get done. Everything else is gravy and I'll just march through as much as I can. Yeah. And, and the amount of like, so, you know, I have been planning my food now for since the live event, because that was the thing I promised you I was going to do, promised myself (laughs) I was going to do. And there's even less food chatter. I didn't even think there was food chatter yeah. before. There's even less. Right. Like, it's like, okay, it's time to eat. I eat, I'm done. And now it's Onward. time to on something else. Right? And it turns out when you're not thinking about food all the time, you can get a lot more things on yeah. your to-do list checked off, right? Right. Or enjoy things, just like yeah. being present. Because that's yeah. another thing that I'm kind of working on too. Is just like, you know, like nobody ever on their deathbed said, I'm so glad I finished my entire to-do list for life. You know, like I spent time with my kids. I, you know, enjoy, you know, things that come up and enjoy time. And that's, put my phone down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So, you know, it's a work in progress, but I think it's work that's worth doing. And I may never complete this work and that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what, you know, I, I, the way I approach it for myself is that I really want to grow my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. So if I want to con- continue to grow as a human being, there's going to be new things and new challenges mm-hmm. that I'm be working on. And that, that thought for me gives me so much peace because mm-hmm. I don't have this like deadline for, you need to be all sorted out with all the different things by this time, so you can move on to something that, you know, of course, my brain wants to think is way better. Right. Not going to be, right? It's going to be always yes. some work in progress kind of a thing. And so then, great. Like, I love evolving. I love changing. I love the changes I've been able to make in my life. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the ones that I'll continue to do. And then there's a lot of peace for me around that, just like, yeah. Will come up and there'll be something new and I'll have to sort through that and right that and that'll be so great. I'll be able to take you all with me on the ride and it'll be yeah. awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that for me feels like so much more of a loving way to look at myself versus mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, we're still dealing with this. Like how long have we been at this? Right. Which is right. Other way of just like you were saying, where we talk to ourselves like impatiently and just kind of with this like harshness and like this taskmaster kind of um, yeah, you know, drive like, come on, get it done, get it done. Because yep. there's some other, you know, like utopia exactly. on the other side. <laughs> there is right. a <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like that, just all that does is just kind of like I think for me, 
you know, that's just kind of part of my, how I was raised too. Like, okay, achieve, 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 achieve. Yeah. And yeah. there is, that's good. I mean, it got me to yeah. Yeah, I'm totally. not saying that's a bad thing. I definitely think I that is what gave me the grit that I think I had to be where I am at professionally. But also just recognizing that like, it's okay to just be and you don't have to, you can keep working on something, but you don't have to keep like, you can do that simultaneously with being okay with who you are right now too. Right. You, know? right. you don't do you it from do scarcity and lack. You right. do it from abundance and just love exactly. yourself. Exactly. That's a much better, that's yes. a much more eloquent way to put that. That's what I was trying to say. I've been at this a little while. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I trying to say? But yeah, I mean, for me, that's been like, I can keep working on myself while I love exactly who I am today. And so yeah. that I'm not looking to who I want to become, but who I already am. And, you know, just like recognizing how much of my future self I already am and that that can keep getting better and that's okay, you know? And that has been very peaceful for me to just like achieve that. Yeah. More so than the weight loss, you know, like, right. Yeah. It's like the weight loss. It's like, we really think, right. Like Mm -hmm. just the weight is just really, that's the thing when I get that done. Yeah. We all great. Everything's all this other stuff. And then the weight's awesome. Right. And you're Mm -hmm. so happy about it, but it's everything else. That's really. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because I have this picture of myself at the weight that I'm at now. And I've in the past have used that picture as like, oh, you know, life was so, you know, that was where I should be. And, you know, that was before I started struggling with my weight. And, and when I really look at that exact picture, I can remember very clearly how unhappy I was at that moment in my life. There was a lot going on at that moment. And like, I look at that picture and I sort of identified it as like this gold place of where I wanted to be in so many ways. But really when I examined it, nope, I wasn't happy then. And so that was also a big moment for me to realize like my weight does not define my happiness at all. It really doesn't, you know, like Mm -hmm. I can be really, really happy and, you know, 50, 60 pounds overweight, or I can be, you know, thin and happy, but I'm happy because of how I'm thinking about myself. There are a lot of thin people. Lots yeah. and lots of miserable thin mm-hmm. people. It's yeah. hard to believe that though when you're overweight. You're like, no, I really do think. Yeah. They're, sure. they're on to something though. Yeah. <laughs> we were so. just listening to a Whitney Houston song last night. My friend was telling me, she's like, did you ever listen to the last song she recorded? She was like, oh, it's just kind of eerie, whatever. And I hadn't listened to it. So then we, on Spotify, it was just like, you know, Whitney's greatest hits, right. those songs. And you just think about like, she was like the thing, the bomb.com. You yeah. know, she was like skinny and beautiful and the most amazing voice. And, you know, just thinking like how amazing it would be to be her. And right. No, no, she was, miserable. she was miserable, <laughs> yeah. drug addicted. I mean, terrible yeah. relationships. Right. So it's just always that refresher, that reminder of like, we're all on the same path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's all like brain work. It's all working with our minds, no matter what our bodies look like, you know? Exactly. So that has been, you know, hopefully something that I can convey that is way more worth the investment than... Yeah, definitely. And then when you look at it that way, right? The investment is like pennies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right. like, oh my gosh, this isn't like, you know, X amount of dollars per pound lost, right? Like this mm-hmm. is my whole life. 
Right. I would pay and just, so much money for this result. That exactly. And I mean, I remember part of the struggle of thinking like, why should I do this was like, I'm not that bad. I don't have that many issues. I don't have a lot of like, yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest thing that I thought was going to be my issue was like thinking that like being hit by the car was to blame for a lot of my weight struggles, you know, cause like that was God's way of telling me that like, I didn't deserve to like lose weight, you know, like I needed to have the struggle forever. And I don't really think about that that much at all. And all of these other things are things I didn't really know were there. And they're not that bad, but they're still worth working on. Well, and you know what I find so interesting, even like with my own personal work is like, my work is like sleuthing out the thoughts that are like, sound like they're not that bad. You know, they sound like they like, that's, you know, that's fine. And then, but really recognizing how that's me being mean to myself. Right. Right. Like when it's very, very obvious, it's, you know, when you're like, I'm a disgusting fat pig or something every day, that's right, right. like, okay, we need to work on that. But I think a lot of us don't think that way. So we're right. like, oh, really? I'm okay. And then you have to like dig deeper to really figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I think that way, how do I feel? Like maybe I, I don't feel great. Okay. Maybe that's not a good one, even though it sounds like it, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's that I think is, I think that's common amongst kind of all the, you know, the physicians that I work mm-hmm. with is this kind of like, okay, what's, what's really going on? Because there's like this facade that we're really good at, you know, keeping up this just kind of like put on this face of like, everything's great. You know, I always remember one of my older partners saying that it didn't matter what was going on for you personally, when you were walking into that room, like it was all about them. You put a smile on your face and like, off we go. And I think it's easy to live yeah. a lot of your life in that place of just oh, yeah. denying what's going on for you. And, and yeah. of course, in that moment, that's an appropriate thing to do. But because of that tendency to do that for so many hours every day, mm-hmm. you do need to intentionally spend some time with yourself to figure right. out what's going on. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And like how much of a better doctor, I feel like I am becoming because of the fact that I'm taking this time to take care of myself. Like, you know, not just because of the food and the weight loss and the health things, but just like even knowing like, okay, I know what's going on for me. Like, yes, there are moments where I have my, you know, less than awesome moments with my patients if they frustrate me or whatever. But like now taking that as a learning experience and like, oh yeah, that wasn't my finest moment. And being able to figure out like, okay, well, next time I'm going to make sure that that, you know, issue that I'm struggling with doesn't come out towards that patient or whatever, you know, or Or like blaming them. I mean, I used to blame them for Mm -hmm. how I felt. Oh yeah. Like if they would just, you know, stop feeding their kids Oreos in the room, like the disaster (laughs) and then, you know, whatever. Right. Like then I'd be fine. Then I wouldn't have to be so mad. Right. Wait, but I'm the one making myself mad. Right. So yeah, just like even being on call and like, you know, as a pediatrician, you get calls about lots of things that are maybe not so important <laughs> that might happen in the middle of the night, but like recognizing, like even just changing my thought when I read that text message and being like, okay, they are scared right now. Right. They are worried. And like, even that, like, that's just such a small thing, but yeah. even doing that has made me such a better doctor, right? Yeah. Like not being annoyed and irritated every time I'm bothered in my yes. life. I would try yeah. to remember, and I wasn't always good at it, but I would I would try to remember or tell myself, I would rather they call me mm-hmm. than go search the internet and do something crazy. Right. 
you know, like, <laughs> you know, like I will, I will actually help them to figure this out. Like what they need. I, to I, I remember yeah. this moment one time when I was at a grocery store and I was checking out and there was this woman who was like the checker at the grocery store. And she just seemed so irritated to be there and just like angry. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, Hmm, I would never want my patient to perceive me that way if they called me. Oh. And like, that was a moment for me where I was like, okay, like this is my job. This is part of my job. And I chose to do this. And so there's absolutely no reason why I should come off as being totally irritated by not being exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And I remember that was like a big moment for me where I was like, okay, like, nope, I'm never going to act like that on the phone because... It's emotional adulthood, right? You're like, no, okay. Like, I mean, would you rather be doing something else than call? Of course. Right. But it's your job. It's what you agreed to do. No one's making it. Yeah. Yeah. And and when I realized that, like just how much more like loving I feel like as a doctor, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. just like, okay, I'm going to, I want to pour out the love that I have because I feel like that's a gift of mine is to be able to love like really, really big. And so, and then you get to feel that rather mm -hmm. than annoyance, irritation, frustration. You have to be like, I have the best day because I got to just love on everybody all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I sometimes would think to myself, like, if I can't have at least some fun as a pediatrician, I mean, I'm seriously doing it wrong. I mean, (laughs) like really, come on. If I'm not having fun, it is really my own fault. Not exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. That is totally true. (laughs) Even when the two-year-olds are screaming and yelling, Uh, you can't have fun with that and laugh at that. At least find the humor in it, right? About how ridiculous (laughs) they are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what is so funny though, is I just realized, you know, this year in a couple months, I'll have been out of practice for four years. And I, you know, because we would, as pediatricians, right, we see newborns, you know, babies all the time. Like it was just uh, babies. When I saw babies, it was just another baby, you know, because like I saw babies all the time. It's like, finally, almost four years later, I'm like, oh, look, a baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like, oh, it's special, right? Like to get this because I just, you know, even with my own kids, I was like, you know, saw babies, babies, babies everywhere all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> fun, fun to notice that coming back. Like, oh, I know all the time <laughs> anymore. <laughs> all right, Nathan, uh-huh. thank you so much. I feel like we could talk for another like three I hours. Know. This is so fun. I really, really appreciate you coming on and just sharing your story, sharing everything with everybody and being so open and, you know, volunteering to put your hand up to come and tell everyone about your story. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.